Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where today there is no intro. You may be wondering, what's up? Well, this is a special episode. Instead of doing a regular show for today, we are going to be doing an interview uh, that we actually did last week with former Orlando City homegrown player Tommy Redding. We covered a, a lot of different subjects from his playing days, what he's doing now, what was it like playing under Jesse Marsh, going from trade to trade, his best experiences playing soccer, etc. So for the next 40 minutes or so, you'll be able to hear all of his thoughts and uh, everything we talked to him about. So since Orlando City has off and Orlando Pride are playing away this weekend, we figured now would be the best time to release this as basically a standalone episode. So with that, enjoy, and we'll see you hopefully for a full episode next week. Okay, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. Joining us here today, a very special guest. He played for Orlando City back in USL and MLS. He was one of the first players to sign a homegrown contract with the Lions. It is none other than formerly number 29, Tommy Redding. Tommy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. Um, we're, we're all pretty good. The question is, how are you? What have you been up to since... Uh, calling it a career back in uh, what four years ago now yeah actually what the end of 2018 yeah so 2019 um i took some time off to just figure out what i wanted to do where my head was at and uh i started going back to school and i graduate next well i have one more year left so nice what's, um, what's your degree in grind. business information management specializing in uh data analytics oh awesome so uh pretty big change uh, going from outside all the time to just sitting on the computer all the time but <laughs> uh it's welcomed yeah no it's it's i mean it's definitely a a very big change i mean considering that you dedicated most of your life to playing outside playing with a ball at your feet how different of an adjustment has it been to kind of not doing that every single day it's definitely been different uh i think the biggest difference honestly is just like the way my body has felt in the past few years uh especially right after first few months everything com felt completely fine but as i stopped continuously grinding every day um started getting a lot of just like aching and just pain but now it's kind of leveled out and uh I feel more like I used to, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a grind. I mean, you talk to a lot of players, like that high-level intensity that you go through every single day, the, the stresses you put on your body, and then just stopping. Like, it, it, especially if you've done it for so many years, it takes a toll, and it takes time to adjust. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, from a lot of players that I've talked to, especially, you know, some of the other players, like, that you played with back in the day, like, you know those those guys they're they're pushing 30 now they're they're getting old they they say they can't bend yeah. their knees anymore you know especially guys who have had like surgeries i know you cuz you've you've yep. had a, a couple injuries as well throughout your career yeah uh, so i had a uh, a knee surgery when i was young mm -hmm. and by young i mean like 14 and mm -hmm. that um a lot of concussions uh obviously the big one happening in my first start ever mm -hmm. for the mls team uh, but yeah, like just a lot of small things that you don't really feel as when you're continuously, like even in the off season, you have like a month or two off. Um, 
little more time now that they changed the the league schedule around with playoffs and stuff. But um, you wouldn't really feel that sore. But after taking half a year off, my body just slowly started to hurt more and more every day. Yeah. Now I remember I was talking to um, to Brian Burke uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks yeah. ago now, uh, and you know he was telling me about how he's just kind of he's he's still trying to play like just kind of in rec league stuff but it's it's so much harder now because he's taken all of that time off and you know a lot of the guys around the area they're they're still kind of playing i mean miguel he still plays in a rec league but he he'll make like one save and then it's like my i threw my back out and i'm done i can't (laughs) do this anymore um yeah you know even kicking the ball around at at training sometimes he'll show up and like kick the ball and he's like oh i pulled my hamstring just now (laughs) so you know age age gets the best of everyone but um kind of going back into to your past in your uh playing days you know you you signed that homegrown contract in 2014 with orlando city just walk me through like kind of the experience of of playing as a professional athlete was for you uh yeah it was crazy i would say it's it was like a whirlwind actually um at the time like everything felt so slow like first season felt slow second season felt slow so on and so forth but now i look back at even my memories of it are just all seems like it happened in like six months uh signing the contract was a really big thing for me i was always focused on going to college first before anything and that just been my my goal ever since i was young um but when Orlando City came with that offer, it was kind of it was a hard decision, but it was something I couldn't really pass up on. Uh, I always say, like I would have regretted it forever. So um, I definitely think I made the right decision with that. And 2014 was a year full of learning. Um, I'd played like youth national teams and. At residency, I was in IMG Academy for a year and a half, but nothing could have prepared me for um, the real professional environment and how tough it was physically, but honestly more so mentally. And uh, it was it was an there was an adjustment period, considering I was so young, and it was hard to get along with and like I guess be on the same page with a lot of my older teammates because we were just in completely different stages of our lives, but. Uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, looking back on it now, I have a lot of great memories from 2014 and just that USL season. Yeah, kind of speaking of that USL season, I mean, you and, and Tyler Turner kind of went in on it at the at the same time. You know, he was, he, I think he signed the first one, you signed the second one, or or the other way around, right? Yeah, it, it was one of the two. I just remember we both signed within a few weeks of each other at most. Right. Having him as as someone who's kind of your age going through it at the same time, was that helpful, especially considering that you guys played basically next to each other? Yeah, I mean, it was super helpful. Um, considering I met Tyler in um, January 2012, so I'd known him for two years. He was the current captain at the for the U-17 men national team at IMG. So I'd known him, I'd played with him, I'd lived with him. <laughs> for a year and a half, two years, and having him with with me there at the start made things a lot easier. It was um, good for us to have someone we could talk to and relate to. Um, so we were both just so young, 
and especially the first few months, it was tough. But um, the second half of the season, it felt like we were close and cool with every single person on the team, and we just felt like we fit right in. Now, going from USL to MLS, how how much of a jump, not just on the field, but off the field, was it for you? Obviously, you played at Disney your first professional year, which is a, a lot smaller, a lot more intimate, and then you go to the Citrus Bowl, where it can house 65,000 people. What did you kind of experience both on the field and, and kind of behind the scenes and, and how things changed uh, for you? Yeah, so the first year at USL, I guess that was my first professional experience. So I'm happy that I was able to have that because that was professional for 2014 for me. And then as soon as we went to MLS, it was like another huge just jump up um, in terms of just expectations of myself on the field. And like you said, off the field, the way I portray myself and the way that I carry myself and the brand. And uh, it was a huge learning curve. I remember preseason was way more difficult than it had been the year before. And uh, from there, everything was just more difficult. There's more competition, obviously, within the team and within the league. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a big, big transition, honestly, from the USL to MLS. But uh, that first year was awesome. It was able to be a part of so many first here in Orlando. And I just remember like opening day against New York City, being in the stadium and having the Citrus Bowl filled compared to a year prior, we were in the little Disney stadium. So it was a big jump. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's just kind of looking around from the field level. It's it's, it's almost daunting. Uh, it's for when you made your first MLS appearance, um, how what was that like for you stepping on the field and, and hearing the crowd around you and the experience overall? So honestly, I'll never forget that week. It was very, it was a really strange week because we were halfway through the season um, and I wasn't getting any playing time. So I talked with Adrian Heath and um, at the time, Paul McDonough about um, going on loan somewhere so I can get some playing time. And uh, it was the, the week before I made my Orlando City debut, I drove all of my belongings up to Wilmington, North Carolina, and was expecting to be there until the end of the season. Uh, I trained there for two days, played one game, trained, I think, two days after that game, and then got a call that they needed me on the bench in Orlando for <clears throat> for just that game. Someone had got injured. I forget who it was, but um, Connor Donovan was going to start, and they needed an extra center back on the bench. They didn't have any. So they flew me back that weekend, and I'll never forget sitting on the bench and then seeing Connor go into that tackle, and he just didn't get up. And, I mean, my adrenaline was kicking, but I also felt awful because he was someone that also I also spent time with at residency. Mm. And, um, I mean, that guy, he's still, he's still playing, and he's still playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. And, he just loves the game, and he was probably one of the most dedicated people I've ever met to the game, um, on the field and off the field. So uh, it was really hard to watch, and especially now looking back, it's it's really tough because it's a, such a tough break for him, and I wish it wouldn't happen like that. But um, 
I remember they put me in and honestly I didn't really notice any of the fans or anyone in the stadium I just had so much adrenaline and anxiety I would say to get on the field and perform well and I was just so focused on my task that it kind of just honestly it just went by so quick like within us like a snap of my fingers and the game was over and then when Connor when it was ruled that Connor had tore his ACL um, I never went back to Wilmington I actually had to have my parents grab all of my my car and all of my belongings that I um, brought up there and <laughs> they brought it right back down to Orlando like five days after I went so it was a uh, that is, was a real whirlwind Jeez, yeah, what a what a what a wild week for you. Um, just just looking it up while you were while you were talking, it was August eighth, twenty fifteen, when when you guys were playing Philly, uh, when Connor went down and you had to come in. So, yeah, that's like re- right towards the end of the season. Yeah, so it was um, it was interesting. It was an interesting time because that two thousand fifteen year was a lot of learning for me. Um, obviously, I didn't play much. I played that game, and then the very next game that I was going to start in was when I had the huge uh, head-on-head collision with uh, Rafa Ramos. So um, there's just a lot of takeaways from that season. It was more of just learning how to adjust to the professional style and how to come in and just do my part to make the team better, I would say. Yeah, I think Orlando City as a team had an adjustment period as well. I mean, there were so yeah. many there were so many injuries, so many different changes in the rosters. I mean, like the whole thing with uh Martin Patterson. Yeah. The whole thing with him in New York, <laughs> uh with yep. him and Sean. Um the trades in the midfield with Amobi. God, I mean there was just so much that happened that year. Um yeah, it was it was definitely crazy and like I was saying earlier, it was just a huge adjustment to what I had been used to probably my whole life playing soccer. Um, having people in and out of the locker room, like people that you call your teammates one day, the next they're packing up, going somewhere else and getting someone, someone new and you never met and just expecting to gel with them within a few days is tough. Um, and it's something you don't really think about until you're in that type of situation. Oh yeah. So would you say that first appearance that you had was like your, kind of best moment playing professionally um it was either the first appearance or the next season the uh when i was in the starting 11 for the very first game of the year i think that was actually my favorite one because i had time to actually process what was about to happen (laughs) uh with my first appearance it all just happened so fast and one day i was in wilmington north carolina expecting to like have an off day and then the next day I was on the field playing against Philly in my first pro game ever so um yeah I think the one in 2016 probably left the biggest impact on me when I look back at my professional career gotcha now that that one was um god I'm, I'm trying to remember which game was, was that was that it was the a first crazy one game. It was that, a, that was it the was Salt Lake one wasn't it yes it yeah, yeah, yeah Salt Lake we scored like what? Yeah. Two goals. And- yeah. Kyle scored. I, Kyle scored yeah. the first game goal in stoppage time, and then Adrian scored like a minute later. Yeah, and it was that game was crazy. I just remember it was there's so much hype leading up to it, and I had so much time to just mentally prepare myself for 
the game at hand and to pull out uh, one point at the end like that. Uh, I just remember we were so excited in the locker room. It was it was a great day. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it uh, and that was sold out too, right? So you you mm-hmm. had the full experience of playing in front of the sixty five k. Yeah, it was uh, it was really loud, and uh, <laughs> I just remember warm up like just how loud it was. The stadium wasn't even full yet, but it was just so crazy to for me to think about. Like I obviously grew up in Orlando. I'd been to the Citrus Bowl so many times to watch. They used to have like a Sunday league there. I played in it once when I was like 13 or 12. <laughs> and then they had all the college football games I used to go to every year with my family. And then um, playing in a full pack stadium was just unbelievable. It, it didn't feel real, honestly. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely an interesting time back in the day. So for, for you, kind of after that 2016 year you went into 2017 kind of again playing a little bit intermittently and then adrian gets fired jason christ comes in things kind of change a little bit differently and uh the next year on you head to new york uh in yep. the trade with with carlos rivas for sasha question i think that's what it was mm-hmm. what was that like i mean that's your first time obviously leaving the the you know the team that signed you to a homegrown deal what was that experience like for you um, it was another learning experience. I would say, I would say every year I learned something new about myself and also just the, the league, the teams, like every, everything. It was just, it was a lot of learning and 2018 was probably the biggest one for me on a personal side, just because it was such a large departure from what I've been used to. I mean, I was used to going to training and then coming home and then maybe going over to my parents to eat or hang out with friends but I uh, went to New York and it was strictly like pretty much just me you know my my girlfriend my now wife but at the time was still at school at Florida State so I didn't really get to see her very much and it was just it was tough but the team like that New York's Rebel team was really special um, I think that that season could have been a lot better, I would say. Um, but especially with the the coaching changes and everything, when um, Jesse Marsh left during the season, that was tough uh, for a lot of people. But yeah, it was a it was a big big change. I would say that. How was it playing under Jesse Marsh uh, for the the short time that it was? Um, it's funny. I get that question a lot, especially now with. <laughs> All the things that he's done and i honestly gotta say he's probably the best coach i've ever played under and i only played one real game <laughs> underneath him but he was just so he was a great he's great at understanding what each person needs um some people need tough love he was there to give them tough, tough love some people need more of just a sit down talking to he would do that he was always interested in how are you doing off the field and that directly correlated to how you played on the field because you just had so much respect for him as a coach that you're willing to do anything he asked of you so yeah I think he's a fantastic coach and I mean that's why he's had so much success since is it wild to see him at the level that he is now or or was it kind of like 
I, I when you were playing under him, it's like I think this guy is better than where he is now, and he'll probably end up, you know, a, as a Premier League manager one day. I mean, it's definitely wild for how like short of a time it's been from him to go from New York Red Bulls to Premier League manager. There's been what four, five years tops, and but I th- knew at some point he'd he'd have the opportunity to be coaching in the best leagues in the world. I mean, he just had such a good like understanding of the game and how he wanted to play it, and I think that was important. Um, he would always say that he wanted to get players that would buy into how he wants to play, and if you didn't buy into it, you could tell um, you wouldn't really be on the team. And if you go back and look at those old New York Rebel teams and look at how hard they were to play against. I remember even when I was playing Orlando City, every time we played New York Red Bulls, we'd have to train all week and understanding how to pass out of the press and how to deal with how how fast and relentless they were and going from playing against it to playing in that system, it was it was way different. It was like I was playing a completely different sport, if I'm being completely honest. Jeez, yeah. It, it, I mean, the way the Red Bulls still play. I mean, it, it's they mm-hmm. they still have that kind of same mindset, same tactical awareness with the pressing and the the blocks that they play in. It's it's very similar to the way Jesse Marsh had it. It's just it, you know, yeah. Obviously, every coach has a different kind of mindset of how they want to utilize it, but it's it's still dangerous and still can really tear teams apart. I mean, he was just like I said. He got players that would buy into how he wanted to play, and that's why the team had so much success. And you look at people like um, like Aaron Long, Tyler Adams, like all those guys, like were real like captains of that team, and especially Tyler because I'd known him from youth national teams. Like mm. he just thrives in that type of environment where it's just he's always one hundred and twenty percent. He never stops running. He's always good to on defense and offense. So. I know him. He especially loved working under Jesse. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so back back to you now. After that 2018 season, you had your um, you had another injury. I think it was shoulder surgery. Um, yeah. And then the team decided to to part ways with you. Where was where was your head at after that happened? So it was just like during that season. Um, actually, it would happened. I don't remember. It happened with the national team. I was playing somewhere and I got my arm kind of yanked on. And I felt my shoulder kind of pop in, pop out, and then I kind of just pushed it back in. Mm. And that whole season, I would have trouble when defending. If I got my arm tugged on a little bit, it would just pop out. And um, pretty much almost halfway through the season, I kind of sat down with Jesse and the guys and said, look, like, I'm not playing much and that's completely understandable. Like everyone's on a hot streak right now, but I want to take care of my body and make sure that I get my arm fixed. So we got the surgery done and um, pretty much from there, it was just rehab and then kind of just looking towards the next season. Um, I knew early on that I wasn't going to get re-signed and there was no like hard feelings between either party. Like it was probably the best for, for me and for the team. So I was really focused on um, preseason of 2019. Um, and then we got I got a chance to go to preseason trial with 
Columbus crew, and I'll never forget the first training session. Um, I kind of just, I stepped weird and pretty much just completely pulled my hamstring. <laughs> and since I was on trial, um, they're like, yeah, obviously, like, gotta send you home and just try to get better and we wish you the best of luck. Uh, so it was really unfortunate. My head was everywhere. And that's when I kind of decided to just sit back and take some time to rehab and kind of just think about what I wanted to do with my life, where I was at and how I was feeling about everything. So ultimately that's, that's what kind of made you decide to go back to school and kind of hang up the boots. Yeah, it was just, it felt like my body wasn't very happy obviously but my happiness in the sport had gotten to an all-time low and i just kind of wanted to try something different and i felt like it was a good time in my life my five-year contract was up i didn't have any obligations i didn't have to um do anything for anybody else but myself so i decided to just say screw it like i'm gonna try to go back to school and see how i feel about this and then i went back to school and i really started enjoying enjoying what i was learning and that's pretty much what happened <laughs> yeah i mean it again you you have a lot of players that that are like youth all the way through you sign professional contracts and then there, there's two ways that it'll go obviously you know yours was more kind of brought on by injuries uh but also like players sometimes just don't have that mentality i've talked to some players that were just like you know it's this isn't for me even though i've done this mm-hmm. my entire life like i'm just not i i can't do the grind you know like yeah. if, if i'm not playing professionally and i have to grind through the, the the usl or league one like that i just i'm not i'm not here for that yeah i i completely understand that that's it was with the in- injuries, but mentally I was also kind of like, if I'm not going to have like something guaranteed, um, then I don't know if I'm going to be able to, with the way my body's feeling and the way like where my head is at right now, like I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. So yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah. And, and for you, you know, you were at least able to, to kind of pivot uh, outside of soccer. A lot of players that retire, they go into like coaching or, or youth coaching or whatever, but you've kind of a, taken a step uh, the other way and gone into something a bit more different. Um, what what inspired you to kind of take that pathway versus maybe, you know, staying in soccer? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just uh, I really wanted to try something completely different. Um, I had been playing soccer at least five days a week my entire life since I was like five years old. And at, I was what 21 i just turned 22 at that point and i wasn't tired of it but it was kind of just like i want to try something different and i kind of want to be known for something other than just being good at sports that was always something that even when i was playing it was kind of hard for me like i wanted to be known for something other than just being like hey you're the soccer guy Mm. uh so i looked elsewhere and I've always loved computers. I've always loved technology. And as I started uh, going to school and learning more about data and stuff, I realized, oh, this could be pretty interesting. And that put me onto this path now. <laughs> so so you, talk about, you talk about getting onto a new path. So what is that? What is kind of the, the vision for you? Like, what's your long-term? And obviously, finishing school, um, 
but then what are you what are your hopes to get into career wise then going forward yeah so i mean the biggest thing is like you said finishing school so i'm currently working on that uh also while trying to complete my classes i'm going to start getting my certifications and certain data analytics programs and sql server and stuff like that so when i come out of college i'm in the best position possible to find myself in a a good spot to find a, a good job if that makes sense uh, especially with the market now and how things are going i think it's really important for me to make sure that i have everything covered um before before i'm done with school and i think honestly i have a huge advantage over a lot of other people um in school because of my soccer background um uh, i mean I don't think many people realize how competitive you have to be to be a professional athlete. Um, I know my my father-in-law always says, like, uh, oh, don't you think you're just a little too competitive uh, when we're even playing small games? And I always tell him, like, it's, it's just how I've been my whole life. So having that and transitioning that into the workspace has been really good for me and helped me do things that... Um, a lot of other people um aren't doing no it's cool how that how that all that all those years of like everything is competitive everything is hyper focused on just being the absolute best and then obviously you know getting out of that that realm of day in and day out having that but that mindset still allowing you to 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 progress and to to do well outside of outside of sports in a way that you know sometimes people people can really struggle with so uh and i imagine too that it, it's probably helped you you know, feel feel better about the decision to, to to move on to new things. Just the fact that you you're able to really focus on that and and keep yeah. ha- have a goal and have have things that you can achieve through there. A hundred percent. And I think another thing that is often looked over when you look at a professional athlete is um, that probably my biggest the biggest thing I had issue with was I felt like I had no control over what i want like what i could do with my life if that made sense um when you sign a contract that's pretty much it um i don't want to say that whoever you sign for owns you but i mean kind of and especially with the the whole new york red bull trade it all happened so fast and obviously i had i had no say in the matter and that was kind of a turning point mentally where i was like huh this is interesting like, I don't know if I want to put my future children and wife in a position where we go to a place, we settle down, kids are starting school, and then immediately, like, a month into whatever, they say, oh, we're trading you across the country, and we got to pick everything up and move across. And that was probably the biggest thing I had trouble with. Um, looking forward to the future playing soccer. I just didn't want to have to do that. So, Tommy, I wanted to ask about some of the other side projects that you've been doing. Um, I noticed because on Twitter, you basically turned your entire Twitter profile into uh, NFT related stuff. (laughs) So naturally, I wanted to ask about why you've gotten into that and just kind of because I don't I don't get NFTs. I I know a lot of people don't. And I uh, just kind of wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I would say is they are not for everyone and i honestly don't think they're not for most people um the space is very interesting uh the reason i got into it was 
when I had my um, my gaming organization, actually, I met some people there, had been friends with them, and um, one of the guys that I met became like the head of social media for a project and said, hey, I can get you, I can get you a couple, like, if you want. I said, yeah, that's fine. So he got me some spots and I have my first one. And I honestly, for me, it's more of just, it's just kind of fun. Um, I think that they're really, personally, I think that they're interesting. Um, certain projects, like obviously the, the big, big, big name ones are the only ones that I feel are going to have any longevity. Um, the rest are kind of just, just interesting to be in that community and kind of see what's going on with all the crypto and how people are electing to spend it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I, I know um, a lot of the current players are getting in that NFT space. I talked with Tesho Akindeli and I think Kyle Smith, who, you know, both of them yeah. for Orlando, they're both heavily involved in that. Uh, Tesho less so, I think Kyle's a lot more. All the players keep telling me that Kyle, every time he goes in the locker room, starts trying to talk about NFTs. <laughs> so, you know, there, it, it's, it's interesting just seeing like current and former athletes kind of getting in that realm of... Uh, yeah nfts crypto etc so just kind of wanted your viewpoint on it as well yeah um, and i definitely would say that it is not a good idea to look into them if you financially are not in a good position to because you can absolutely uh ruin what you've worked for um so that, like it's a really niche thing mm-hmm. and luckily i'm in a position where i i can kind of mess around with it and just see what happens but I I wouldn't say I'm going to advocate everyone to go get an NFT and make sure you're watching, like checking OpenSea every day or something like that. I'd say if you have any type of interest, make sure you do all the research on every project that you're getting yourself into and um, just understand that it's very volatile and uh, it's a a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, and I think talking to Tesha, he's like, you know, I I, he said, I I don't really get it myself, but I'm I'm learning. And I think that's that's kind of with everybody. Like, nobody really fully understands NFTs. Yeah, I think that's, that's just, fair to say. It's kind. It's kind of just like it's just up in the air. It could be something. Could they be a complete bust? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But right now, if you have the opportunity and you financially are in a good state and you have the want to kind of learn more about it, I think it's worth time looking at it. But if you kind of just doing it because other people are doing it, I think that's uh, really not a good idea. And I wouldn't advocate anybody to do that. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fair. Um, yeah, I'll say, I'll say that's probably the best the best approach that I've seen for people that are into NFTs. I know I've been I've been vocally critical of a lot of the the community around it, but it's it's been more about the just like pumping everybody to go buy into it because yep. obviously people benefit the more people yep. to buy into it. So the approach of just i i can respect more the approach of just like hey it it's just kind of cool for me uh it's not for everybody it's not going to be for everybody but i find it interesting and the with with the caveat too of of you adding in like hey if 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 you're just doing this because like other people are doing it or other people are telling you to do it and it's awesome and you can't you can't justify it financially then uh yeah it's definitely not (laughs) for people like that it's not for people who um are very impulsive i'll say that just Mm. take take your time look at everything around it decide if that's what you want to do and then if you want to do it great 
you don't have to get every person you know into it. You don't have to talk about it all the time. Just do your thing, and that's pretty much it. Fair enough. Just the last couple of questions for you, Tommy. Uh, do you still kind of keep in touch with, with Orlando C or you know some of the players you kind of grew up playing with and just in general? Yes. So um, I, I don't really – honestly, I haven't watched – a ton of soccer recently uh ever since i stopped playing i haven't really been like super like deeply involved in just soccer in general obviously the big things like champions league I'll always watch every game world cup i'm gonna watch every game um and it's just fun for me to see all these people i've played with doing so well and especially at the national team like i look at all the young guys and i'm just happy to see that they're all doing so well and representing country in a great way um qualify for the world cup again finally <laughs> and uh i'm just really excited to see how well they do and then especially with orlando city uh benji and i played together in youth so i hang out with benji sometimes um always checking to see how he's doing and i'm always keeping up with the team on twitter whenever they play a game so gotcha yeah now benji's uh Benji's on a contract year right now, so he's uh, yep. he's got to figure out what he's got to do uh, coming up. So yep. it's going to be an interesting time for him. But, um, yeah. Um, Kyle, do you have anything else? I'm I'm all I'm all set. No, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm good, too. I was trying to think of more questions. I was like, no, this has been super, super interesting. Um, it's not often we get to hear from – obviously, like, you, you retired from playing soccer at a very young age and – that that's that tends to be more rare yeah um, but just hearing hearing the perspective of of what happens after that you know because when you see players that retire at young ages it's typically it said there was some sort of injury that happened something happened and then they just like drop off the face of the earth and nobody ever ever really knows what's up with them uh so it, it's it was interesting to hear all that and it sounds like you're really happy with with the direction things are going which is which is also super important and, and super awesome to hear and i'm sure i'm sure people appreciate hearing that yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I think it was it was really nice to be able to just talk about especially everything that happened in my pro career. I haven't really ever really spoken about it at the time that I was in the middle of deciding what I wanted to do. I just started going to school and then like half a year into school I kinda was just like I mean, I'm definitely done playing soccer now, but I feel like it's way too far gone to just post something like, Hey everybody, I'm done playing soccer. <laughs> like I feel like everyone realizes that at this point. So it's nice to kind of just somewhat close that door and just explain everyone what I've been up to and that I'm doing well. And yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to to be able to talk to people about it. Yeah, I think you and you and Servando Carrasco both both took that path of just saying, like, I'm done. I think everybody uh-huh. realizes that because I remember I remember I talked to Serva like, was it 2019? I ran into him and I'm like, are you done? He's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not going to post anything about it. Um, yeah. He just kind of faded off into the sunset and now he's enjoying his life surfing out on the coast. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, he gets to be in San Diego. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Tommy, we appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck moving forward. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. 